0: Welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne.
1: What is up, Mad Mob? Week 2 review underway. A good week. We saw some things that we wanted to see. We saw some things that we didn't want to see. That's how it goes. Uh, We are introducing three new segments that are gonna help us with our review. Uh after listening to week one, we kinda decided that it was too dry. Goni, is that the word I'm looking for? Too dry? A little bit, a little bit, I suppose. Just going game and then break and then game and then breaking it and then game and breaking it down. We're we're gonna pivot from that a little bit, try and be a little bit more helpful, shine a little bit more light, keep it a little more interesting. Because we want to help y'all win, but at the same time, I mean, we got to be enjoyable to listen to, right? That's why we have Begley around.
0: Consolidate it. We're consolidating here into just facts and information analysis for you guys.
2: I almost fell asleep listening to him say that. (laughs)
1: Let's go. Uh, So the three segments are Wayne's winners. It's when I pick out the guys that. Probably won of your matchup this week. Give him a round of applause. Put a spotlight on him. A few notable mentions outside of that, you know, depending on, on the point output. Next, we have Goni's Grabs, where Goni dives deep into the waiver wire and sees what kind of people are available for you to snag and grab. To win your week, I will say that's this is Goni's strong suit is working the waiver wire, so Gony's grabs Wayne Wayne's winners, and then Begley uh, couldn't couldn't have picked a better better spot for him because <laughs> his opinion sucks. <laughs> Debut it right now. Uh, Begley is going to go over the guys that just suck this week, and his uh, his segment is has been dubbed Trash Bags. Where he just tells you the guys that you started and just sucked for you.
2: One of those three names are not alike.
1: All
0: right. But (laughs) that's the analysis
1: you get here. (laughs) Yeah, but it just goes so. Wayne's winners. It just makes sense. You know, Wayne's a winner. Boom. Goni's grabs. Yeah, you know. Goni's always grabbing at my jock. You know, I guess that makes I guess that makes sense. And then trash bags, just the worst opinion out of all of us, M- mainly wrong. Going to be dead last in the Doink Ledger and trash bags. Perfect. Wow. We'll see.
0: Bags, you're going to follow him up. You're going to follow him up with the trash bags after he gives the winners. So you get to you get to go second and, and show him a little something.
1: Absolutely, I look forward to it, man. It's good, hey, it's all fun and games, I respect every uh, I respect Beckley's opinion kinda <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: Wasn't.
1: a few interesting games this week uh like I said, we're not gonna dive into each game uh as specific as we did before, but we're gonna cover the important things uh in these three segments uh Brown's jets that game got spicy uh the browns uh they lost to the jets on. How are they going to put the elf at midfield and lose? Man, to the Jets, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco going nuts.
0: It's a it's a very Brownsian thing to happen. You you unveil a new mascot on your home field and then lose with twenty two seconds left in the game. It's it's very Brownsian.
2: Wayne Quick, which is the worst franchise?
1: Browns. Okay. Whatever it is, Browns. Uh, Because you got to think, dude, the Jets, they've had success in the past, or whoever, the Jags. Eh, Maybe the Jags. But the Browns have just been a doormat for so long. And you know who I think got them out of that doormat phase? was Baker, right?
0: Kind of. Baker was the best quarterback they'd seen in, like, 20 years.
1: It really was. He was the only one that survived a season (laughs) to come back and play another one.
0: It
2: says a lot that a pale... Leprechaun in midfield was news for the Browns. Everybody was really excited about that. Yeah,
1: that's okay. true. An, uh, an angry Keebler elf. Yeah, yeah, and it was just terrible. I mean, whatever. I can't even. I can't deal with the Browns. Uh, the Lions, the Lions, finally taking care of business. I love it for Dan Campbell. Uh, I, I'm a big Hard Knocks guy. Uh, if you've watched that show, I, I like inevitably root for whoever is on Hard Knocks uh, this year so uh just it's good to see them get a win poor guys they're never favorites i think this is the well, you said it Gony. it was the first time they were the favorites to win in how long 24 games and they got it done and they got it done so vegas vegas is aliens the first game vegas, <laughs> vegas is aliens they're scary facts yeah. uh any any games that you saw that were uh kind of spicy Gony?
0: Uh, Another one that I remember looking at was the Raiders and Cardinals coming down to overtime. Uh, Kyler Murray didn't look great for most of it. He comes back, scores a touchdown. He actually was gifted a flag on fourth down to get a new set of downs like at the three, and he ends up scoring, hits two-point conversion, goes to overtime, and wins it in OT. That was it. Was a good game.
1: A close a game. two point conversion, too. Real close. Yeah. Threaded the yeah, needle. He,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Cowboys Bengals. What an <laughs> upset! I
1: bet you would.
2: Hey, hey Cooper Rush. You, Wayne, I don't know if you remember the uh, the hate Donnie was spewing on air, on recorded air, about Cooper Rush, and he, and what do you know? He's two and zero.
0: I mean, we're. A fantasy podcast, and Cooper Rush got you 12 points, I believe, for fantasy. So, I mean, I I was right. I don't care about the Cowboys winning real games. We know it's not going to happen all year. But uh, I do care about whether or not Cooper Rush can make it to Goni's Grabs. And uh, spoiler alert, he's not. <laughs> well, Cooper
2: Rush just saved all the city landmarks 15, we'll take it. Tony Pollard, it's, good game.
0: It's definitely more respectable. I'll I'll give that. It's just... Now we don't have to. We can ease up off the panic button for CeeDee Lamb. We can continue to roll him out and criticize him each week. He he does terrible. Hey,
2: Wayne, is is Dan Campbell the Vegas favorite for NFL coach you don't want to get punched in the mouth by? It's him or Mike Tomlin, right?
1: Uh, Mike Vrabel.
2: Wow, Vrabel's up there.
1: You know, Sean McDermott actually did an interview where he said he, he thought he could take Every single coach in the NFL,
2: Dermot?
0: Yeah, right.
2: One eighty, bro. No wow. way. Wow, uh, going. Who are you taking there?
0: I'm. I'm probably gonna take Dan Campbell as well. Uh, I mean, he he has a gritty football team. There, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. Coaching one of the worst franchises of all time. You know, he's probably if he was getting in a fight, he's just mean and angry and just. Going to try and destroy you. So
1: I mean, shoot, he's only yeah. like eight years out of playing in the NFL. <laughs> he's still in NFL shape. <laughs> he's swole, man. Who'd be the first to go out of all the coaches? It's
0: got to be Andy, Pete Carroll, right?
2: Andy Reid.
0: Andy Reid. Andy- uh, Pete Carroll <laughs> or Andy Reid in a fight, straight up? Uh, yeah.
1: Pete Carroll, because Andy Reid probably can't extend his arms past his belly, dude. And if he tried to, he's probably passing out.
2: Yeah, dude. I- Pete. I- I like Lovey Smith as the Dark Horse. Personally, I feel like he's got that just the street smarts.
0: Pete Carroll is literally the NFL's version of the old guy from Family Guy.
1: I got some popsicles in the freezer if you want some. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like that's what he reminds <laughs> me of, man. As he paces the sidelines, the man's like eighty years old. Come on now, he's he's going down first for sure. Uh...
1: Yeah, we'll have to do we'll have to do a segment one of these days of a, of a head coach battle royale. A bracket. We can do a bracket. Absolutely. I wish we would have thought of that dope. before this episode because I would have absolutely filled ninety percent of this episode with a with a coach fight bracket breakdown. <laughs> the analysis
0: and everything. Mad Mob, that's coming.
1: That's coming. It's just going to be an epi- It's going to be an extra episode we throw at you at some point. Won't be a good, Won't be a replacement. We'll still give you your data. We'll still give you your analytics. But but we got to throw that one in there at some it's point. The way
2: it's the show.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, any other games that that you all saw? I mean, we saw the we saw the Dolphins shootout.
2: Man, that's probably the best game of the weekend. Honestly,
1: that was a fun one to watch. Yes, yes, for sure.
0: A billion points on both sides, fantasy everywhere. Like it, that was a game to watch down to the wire. It had, it had everything. Everything.
2: I, I think the best high level game was Chiefs Chargers on. Thursday. I mean watching her, Herbert kinda gut it out with a rib puncturing his pancreas in the fourth, that was impressive.
1: Is
0: this Tyrod Taylor's revenge? Is he is he gonna did did he sneak the doctor that did him in into the Chargers locker room to puncture Herbert's lung in return?
2: And <laughs> as a Mike Williams I, I owner,
0: can,
1: I hope not.
2: How can anybody be mad at Tyrod Taylor? All he does is win. He's, he's
0: it's just, not pretty though.
2: He's a ran a seven wins QB.
1: He's also a bench guy. Yeah. Oh man. Uh. Yeah, I think that was. I'm trying to think of any other interesting games. I mean, we saw. Uh, sorry for all you Mike Evans owners. He's getting suspended for a game for defending his quarterback.
2: What a snoozer of a game, though.
1: The game was awful. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, wow. I don't. I... It's gross. Broncos,
0: Broncos are highly dis. Who's more disappointing this year, boys? The Broncos. I know they won. They beat the Texans, but it it wasn't pretty. They won sixteen to nine. Who who's more disappointing? The Broncos or the Bengals this year so far? I, can I choose a different team?
1: Yeah, throw it out. The Colts. The Colts. Colts. A team that, like, should have gone to the playoffs last year, very solid, has a pretty good roster as far as just sheer talent goes on both sides of the ball. And just – and, and when added a, I would say, Hall of Fame quarterback and just yeah, right. suck.
2: Awful. I, I, I think you got to the Rams in that category too, man.
1: Well – Another
0: another little tidbit for that. Uh would you guys care to guess the last time the Jaguars shut out an opponent?
1: Oh god.
0: It's uh, gotta
2: be the Jalen Ramsey years. Um uh, Right, Wayne? Uh when they went to the AFC championship game.
1: When when was the Jalen Ramsey draft? Two thousand fifth. two thousand
2: fourteen? Two thousand fifteen? Four fourteen sounds right. I was, Let's say 20, I'm going to say
1: 2015. Didn't they have Calais Campbell on that team as well? They did. Yeah, it would have to be then. But I feel like this is also a gony trick question, and it's really like 1867. 1867. Uh, I believe it was, it was actually 2018. Yes, yeah, so, No, he got drafted in what, 2016? Because he got drafted the same year the Bucks drafted Vernon Hargraves. So it was 2016. So that would have been Jalen Ramsey's last year under contract, right?
2: 2018 was the year they went to the AFC Championship game. I was thinking 2014 for some reason, but I, I, I,
0: that, that's not right. It, it was ugly. It was a 6 nothing win against the
1: Colts. Really? The last I mean, team yeah. they shut out was the Colts as well? Correct. That's the interesting fact that you that you were holding on to. Yeah. Fair.
0: Six nothing game against wow. Indianapolis. It's what it is. Colts man. Not I good.
2: heard that they beat Colts. They had beat the Colts in Jacksonville six or seven years in a row now.
1: It, it, it's kind of like the the Buck Saints curse. Tom Brady has lost to the Saints like four regular season games in a row. And so that's why yeah, the Patriots Dolphins,
0: man. It's it's divisional matchups. You you can never think that the heavy favorite is just going to come in and walk on anyone. The, these divisional matchups are always tough. Facts.
2: That's why I like the NFC East. You know, the division of champions. It's
0: y'all suck equally. That's it's fine.
2: There are no heavy favorites in the division of champions.
0: In Ever. any game, there's play. also no repeat divisional champions.
2: Exactly. Every team's
0: good every year, man. Yeah, exciting, exciting. No, it just takes mediocrity to it, win that division.
1: If I, if it, the only like visual I can put for the NFC East is just four slightly obese gentlemen, like I'm, I'm talking skinny fat, just trying to run up the stairs, and all just tripping on their shoelaces running up the stairs. Like, have you ever seen like those like challenge courses? Where like they like they like squirt this ramp in baby oil, and everybody's gotta run up it while dodging the fake boulders. That's how I envision the n f c East It's just four guys just uh, trying to trying to go up this baby oiled ramp dodging fake boulders
2: nice, very nice I mean
1: <laughs> if i get if I get so descriptive, you just can't argue with it.
2: I can't it was such a great description <laughs> so Bask in it for a second
1: <laughs> all right let's uh let's dive into the episode uh so how many how many grabs do you got goni let me ask you just give me a number how many grabs you got this week i've got five okay uh how many uh how many are we throwing in the trash bags this week ah
0: uh...
2: I'm going to be in the, uh, I think it's six for me.
1: Okay, I can make six. So why don't we just, uh, do you all just want to do one a piece or do you just want to cover it all? I'll cover all my winners, you cover all your grabs, and he'll cover all his trash. That one.
2: Yeah, we can we can throw the wieners in the trash. That works.
1: Okay. Uh, bad joke.
2: It <laughs> hit. You're all smiling.
1: No, go, I needed to shine light box. on a bad joke. I'm not just going to... I'm grimacing. This I'm not going to breeze past it. I'm not going to let a, let a bad joke just fall flat and nobody knows. That was a bad joke. Everybody point your finger.
2: Shaker. Yeah. It was a shaker. You just can't see it on the podcast.
0: We need a boo drop. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Wow, oh, man. A boo drop. Boo. Oh, I thought you said something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Never mind, it'll 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 come through later. You you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh all right. So we'll start with Wayne's winners. Disclaimer, I'm not using quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are people that it's not as rare to drop crazy games. So all you Tua owners, all you Lamar Jackson owners, calm down. I understand that they had a great week. I'm just not including quarterbacks in this. I thought about including the Bucks defense this week though, who's Dropped twenty five points. Boo! Uh,
2: no, nobody cares.
1: Wow, uh, that was there was a lot of fantasy relevance there, but they're just booing me because the Bucks did good. <clears throat> Noted. Let me see. Let me check for any Patriots players or Cowboys players on this. No.
0: Oh, you'll find none. None of, of the Patriots them. Okay. all season.
1: Yep. Uh, agreed. All right, my first. My first winner of the week, it's an easy one, Stephon Diggs. Absolutely went nuts in Monday Night Football against the Titans. Couldn't be stopped. I mean, absolutely just shredding. He he shredded from the slot. He lined up outside. He lined up on the left. He lined up on the right and dominated to the tune of 12 receptions for 148 yards and three tutties, which in regular scoring, PPR... Forty-four point eight points. That wow. Stefan won a lot of games for you this week. Uh, just a great performance, and it's the second week in a row he's done really good. He's he's going to continue to do really good. He he plays on an f- incredible offense. We thought, you know, maybe with Gabe Davis being out this week, they'll hone in on him a little bit more, and it'll it'll throttle his fantasy success. No, Gabe was out, and he got every target and absolutely dominated. He's he, he's incredible, and he's going to be incredible for you the rest of the year. This was not a flash in the pan. We'll see another 40-point banger out of Stephon Diggs before the season's over.
2: Wayne, is that, is that the best stack in football? Uh, uh,
1: Stephon Diggs and and, uh, and Gabe Davis? Josh Allen?
0: Uh, no. and Josh Allen and, and Josh Allen. Diggs.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Is that yeah. good? Yeah. Wow. turned him around there.
1: I thought you were was, talking about like, like of, wide receiver highly, duo.
0: He was thinking of the highly common wide receiver stack. Wow. Simple mistake. I, I get it.
2: That was funny. I don't think we should drop a boot segment on that one. That's a good one, Cody.
0: Thanks, man.
1: Are you all done? Yeah. Is this is this my segment or You
0: can continue. We're just play by play. When it's commentary. my
1: segment, you all just nod your head and say yes, sir. Okay.
0: You'll get half of that. And it's not the second part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, My next guy, Tyreek Hill, 11 for 190 and two tutties, 42 points. And and I'm just going to segue that right into my other winner of Jalen Waddell, 11 for 171 and two touchdowns, 40.1 points. Two of the Dolphins receivers combining for over 80 fantasy points. And that's just – we're seeing great play out of Tua. We didn't think – I I think that was a big question mark going into the year is how's Tua going to be? How's Tyreek going to be? How's Jalen going to be with now him not being the number one? Is Tua good enough to support two fantasy-relevant receivers? And we're getting all these questions answered, and they – are blatantly answered like it, we're not having any issues with that to a to a having two core I, I should have looked it up the last time that a quarterback um had two receivers and 40 points
2: i don't think it's ever happened i thought i saw on twitter
1: I don't. I don't know factually, but
0: the last time that I can guess off the top of my head may have been Peyton Manning with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders when he set the record for yardage and touchdowns. Actually, I don't know this to be to be true, but if there was one, that probably was the last time it would have came close.
1: It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's just, it's insane. It's insane, and that tells. I mean, obviously, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are my winners uh, for this segment. Uh, But you can't mention them both without you know giving a a a tip of the cap to Tua, uh, who who answered a lot of questions. And I know this isn't one of Gony's grabs, where I'm I'm like really assuming it. But so I'll just throw this out here. In redraft formats, he's available. He's on the waiver wire in a lot of redraft formats, and he's not going to be. Come Wednesday, so spend some fab on him this week. Um, my fourth winner is is my boy, my guy. I got him on several teams. I drafted him in a rookie draft two years ago, so he means a lot to me because I, you know, I planted the flag on him when nobody knew him, and here he is, just being a stud. It's Amon Ra, who had nine catches for 116 yards and two tutties. And, bu- and by the way, two rushes for 68 yards to the tune of 39.4 points. Jared Goff is getting it done with Amon Ra. And I think that was a big question with him. We knew Amon Ra had talent, but could Jared Goff do it? And uh, he is, and I think a lot of that is the, the Lions are getting the run game going. I mean, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are playing phenomenal. And you have to play up a little bit. I think T.J. Hawkinson is getting hurt a little bit with such value coming uh, from the receivers, and this is before Jamison Williams is even going to play here. And I think that's only going to help Amon Ra, but he's he's done it two weeks in a row now, and I think he's going to continue to do it. He's just a stud. Uh, his brother's playing good for the Bears. His dad is a is a former Mister Universe. It's in it's in the bloodline. It's in that St. Brown bloodline to be successful. Uh, just another great week out of him. It's good to see it out of him. few notable mentions. These are like your lower 30-point guys. Garrett Wilson showed out finally. Um, a lot of you Garrett Wilson drafters didn't know what to think about him, um, especially with Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson came out 8 for 102 and two touchdowns for 30 points. Uh, are we going to get that same sort of value out of him when Zach Wilson's out? Eh, Maybe. But but it's good to see that uh, he can show out like that. Uh, usual suspect, Cooper Cup. I mean, I, I won't bring him up too much because I'll just be talking about him every week. 11 for away and two tutties. Cooper Cup doing Cooper Cup things, and Cooper Cup is going to continue to do those things all year because he's one of the best in the business and gets just hyper-targeted. Um, Nick Chubb is another one. 17 rushes for 87 yards and three touchdowns. That man got the work when it mattered, and he 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 put it in the end zone, and that's always going to pay out. Three touchdowns. He was very efficient five five point one yards per carry, uh, so he still got it. And, it. and when you see a guy that's not a PPR machine drop over thirty, uh, it, it's very reassuring if you are in a PPR format. So only three catches for twenty six, but still dropping thirty two points. That's huge. Uh, and my last notable mention is a guy that I planted the flag on back in May. I made a very bold statement about him, um, and I'm just—I'm not even gonna—I'm uh, not gonna tell you how bold the statement was. You can go back and listen to it in our running back rankings if you want. Um, but I hope he continues to do this and proves me proves my May prediction as correct. Uh, my last one: Aaron Jones. Who had 15 rushes for 132 yards and a touchdown? Also went three, uh, had three receptions for 38 yards and a receiving touchdown for 32 points. Uh, and and I'm going to say this again, not because this is a guy that I planted the flag on, but just listen, listen to this: 15 rushes for 132 yards. That is extremely efficient. That's 8.8 yards per carry. I mean, he, A.J. Dillon started biting into his carries in week one, and it's like he he was like, whoa, <laughs> what did I do to lose this job? And he even in week one, uh, A.J. Dillon almost doubled the amount of carries that Aaron Jones got, and Aaron Jones had about the same amount of yards. So it was still twice as efficient the first week. And it's like this week they came back and gave Aaron Jones his one roll again and was just – super efficient with the football game i mean running downhill all game uh, it was great to watch he's in a in an offense that lacks a lot of firepower he is he's a shining light and and i think he's going to be he's going to continue uh to be heavily utilized because the defense are still struggling to stop him and you always got to respect aaron rodgers in the past game so those are my winners for the week. Uh, again, I know there's I know there's other guys out there. I know I know some quarterbacks went off, um, but these are just some guys that that I I plan on bringing up a couple more times this year. Maybe maybe aside from Garrett Wilson, but uh, yeah, big pat on the back for these guys.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with all those. Um, I'm gonna open up the trash bag segment here. Um, We're going to open it with one of those big, like, lawn trash bags, just for the entire Colts team and organization this week. Uh, Just an horrendous showing in Jacksonville, man. Matt Matt Ryan, three picks. Jonathan Taylor, seven fantasy points. The uh, (laughs) The best Colt on the day was Ashton Doolin. And a special tip of the cap to you if you played Ashton Doolin this week. Uh, most of us like going in, we're playing Paris Campbell. I think that ship has sailed forever. Um, yeah, I think the Colts bounced back, man. But my Lord, it was ugly to watch. Um, Darnell Mooney, hop in the trash bag. Uh, two catches for four yards in two games. Facts. I mean, this, this Bears coaching staff is making Matt Nagy look like Bill Belichick with what he did with
0: Fields last year. I mean, it's I, not what we expected, right? With with the Darnell yeah. Mooney, dude, who could have ever thought this with He's, the targets that he got last year?
1: Well, the thing is, the percentage of his targets compared to compared to passes is still pretty high. It's just they're not letting Justin Fields pass the ball.
2: <laughs> he threw for seven yards.
1: No, no, I, no, no, no. I'm saying like, uh, so he was targeted what twice last no, week?
2: No, no. His target share is good, actually. You're, That's you're what right. I'm saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, had two targets, but they're—he's literally <laughs> throwing the ball eleven times in a game. It's just, there's, how can that support any sort of fantasy relevance? It's—it's
2: <laughs> it's like the and staff just walks into the locker at the beginning of the day, at the beginning of the game, and just says, you know, I don't know what we're doing here, boys. Go figure it out. Go run some plays. He's got five <laughs> targets on the year. <laughs> In total, the Bears through two games have twenty-eight targets
0: <laughs> available. That's incredible.
2: The leader is a Saint Brown. I mean, it's like Wayne said, it's in the bloodlines. I guess David Montgomery is second on the Bears with six, and then you've got Darnell Mooney. Um, just a horrendous, horrendous start to the season for Darnell Mooney. I'm sitting him until further notice. I yeah. Mean, the Bears coaching staff. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, the next one I'm going to mention, and I'm, I'm a little spiteful here, is Elijah Moore. So we've got 16 fantasy points through two games, averaging um, a, a paltry seven points a game. The Jets have almost 100 pass attempts on the year, five times more than the Bears. He's got 12 targets. The 12% target share. And last year, he dominated the target share while he was healthy. He's been out-targeted by Corey Davis and Tyler Conklin this year. What's happening with Elijah Moore? Dare I say bring on Zach
0: Wilson? I don't know. Zach Wilson could never muster the offense that Joe Flacco has put up the last two games. Oh, man. (sighs) Not on his best day.
2: I mean, I think I'll, I mean I know Garrett Wilson had a major performance uh, this last week, but the backs are the best receiving weapons right now in, in New York.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
2: yeah I Wayne, I got I get got to give a, a tip of the cap to you, man. You told us to fade Elijah, and I, I didn't listen. Uh, Albert O from the Broncos, zero fantasy points. Uh, really disappointed. I know he. A lot of people were streaming him this week. The matchup with the Texans was was juicy. Yeah. Uh, he didn't give you anything, man. He had the third most snaps and the third most routes ran on the team. The good matchup, and gave us
1: nothing. Um, if you're a Broncos fan, have you are you happy with what you've seen so far? No, that's a trick question. I mean, that's not a trick question. It's it's, it's no nobody's. You, you paid a quarter billion dollars for this
0: right now to right. Russell Wilson for this. That that whole offense has been stagnant. It hasn't been very good. I know Cortland Sutton just had a good game, but I mean, the way that they're playing, they won sixteen to nine, I believe, against the Houston Texans. Yeah. I know Houston well, played the Colts well last week, but we see the Colts are garbage.
1: I know and but the thing is, like and this is just piggybacking off of what you said, it's you have an offense where preseason you were looking at it and you were like Russell Wilson. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Albert O, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton. Wow, I, this offense is going to be tough to stop. And, they were Super Bowl picks for a lot of guys, and they they have been easy to stop. <laughs> so, yeah. from a talent perspective, this was I, I don't easily a top five uh, offense just preseason when you were looking at you know positional players. And now it's just like they're just not it's it's not transi- translating onto the field. Mm-mm.
2: No, not at all. Um, yeah, Alberto, I, I man, that that one kind of hurts. Um, you know, actually, he's got the most routes ran on the team, just behind Cortland Sutton on the year. I mean, he's, you know, he's more involved in the passing than anybody on named Sutton. Disappointing. Derrick Henry, get in the trash bag. Eight fifth. Eight fantasy points this week. Eight fantasy points week one. He fell into the end zone from two yards out to get him the eight this week. Mm-hmm. John, you throw a couple screws in your foot and you just you lose the explosion or is it the Titans?
1: It, it uh, could Taylor, be
0: a combo of both. T-
1: their, best, their best offensive lineman went out this week like, on their first drive, so that might be a little bit of it, but – It doesn't explain week one. Yeah, I mean, the man's been banging for so long, over 300 rushes year after year. Uh, He definitely doesn't look as explosive. He doesn't look as scary. Uh, There was one tackle in particular that sticks out to me, and I know it's going to be very vague. Um, But he went. He was out in the open field. You know, there was one guy uh, there to stop him. And last year, you just you dropped to your knees and you prayed for that guy's soul who had to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field, and Derrick Henry went to stiff arm him and just completely missed the stiff arm, like just just <clears throat> just his hand went like over the side over the top of his helmet and just dude wrapped him up and brought him down and I thought oh my gosh this just doesn't look like Derrick Henry this year so far and I know it's week two but yeah for him it, usually. Usually, Derrick Henry creates a hole in the ground with that guy's body. That's why I saw it. Like it, it happened in slow motion for me. Like I saw it happening, and I was like, "Uh oh!" And then he whiffed it, and I was like, whoa. So just, that play alone put him in the put him in the old trash bags.
2: Throw him in the trash bag. Really disappointed. I gotta be honest. I've got him in a standard league. Um, I had the fifth pick, I think, in that league, and, and I, I took Henry, and ha. I'm not too optimistic. Uh, I'm hoping for one good game. I'm probably going to try to trade him if I can, just to be really honest with you.
0: Well, Uh, Wayne said they lost uh, one of their best O-linemen and whatnot, but they also lost their best wide receiver in the draft. I I don't know how that's panning out. A.J. Brown is thriving with Philly, and the Titans offense is suffering without him right now.
2: I agree. I totally agree. Burks was on the field more tonight. By the way, uh, he's getting some more PT, but he really didn't do anything with it.
0: Yeah, they uh, did so well. Receiver for the Titans. In in the third
1: leading receiver for the Titans. Oh, so yeah,
0: so good. Malik Willis got to come in and play some football, get some reps. Yeah, that,
2: warning signs in Tennessee. Um, and the last trash bag. And this is one that I want to talk about because I see on Reddit quite a bit. Um, what mentioning. Kyle Pitts, 3.9 fantasy points, week one and week two. Um, in your redraft leagues, you probably drafted him in, what, fourth, fifth round and got excited. You got a young stud tied in in Dynasty you probably gave away two firsts for him, or at least you drafted him early in your rookie draft. He's got ten targets on the year, but he's only got four receptions. Um, what interesting nugget I found was he's lining up um, in line, which just means he's, he's tethered to a tackle. 31% of the clips this year last year was only 22%. So they're not splitting them out wide as much. They're bringing him in. He's doing a little more run blocking, a little more pass blocking. I'm a little worried about Kyle Pitts, gentlemen. I mean, is Drake London just siphoning targets?
0: You just, you don't like to see it. Hopefully that's not his role in the offense for what it's worth. The Falcons have been scoring even with him doing that. So that's what's scary about it is that they're putting up points still without Kyle Pitts, and they are just losing football games because they're, they're getting outscored. Essentially their defense isn't, isn't doing their job, but the offense is doing theirs. That's what's scary for me on that. And in in our startup dynasty this year, we had a guy take Kyle Pitts in the second round with like the 17th pick, maybe something like that. So it's, It's very unsettling, and for a guy of his caliber, ten targets in two games combined—that's not enough. That's not enough.
1: Wait, when you see when you see your target share drop by by as much as it did between week two to week one, uh, typically, you know, when you see underutilization of your talent, you try and correct it uh Kyle Pitts was very underutilized in week 1 but he still got 7 targets. You you think that the coaching staff says we have this generational talent at tight end, we need to utilize him more and then you come out the next week and he's targeted 3 times and Drake London's target share almost doubles in that week to week. You got to think it's just a coaching problem, just a playmaking issue. Um, and that's really that's really hard to it's hard to quantify uh, fantasy relevance for on a week to week basis when it's just uh, poor coaching decisions. I mean, Kyle Pitts, uh, maybe some of the best hands for a tight end we've seen in a long time um, at his age. I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey and all them and uh, it's great, but you you need to be utilizing him in the passing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He doesn't need to be run blocking for you. It's Corderell Patterson. Uh, you don't need to be leaning on Corderell Patterson. I mean, I understand you have Marcus Mariota, but Marcus Mariota is still a mobile quarterback. So whether you have Corderell Patterson behind you or not, you still have a run threat to keep the defense honest. You need to be sending Kyle Pitts out. He does not need to be. He, he needs to be running routes on almost every single play. And And here's the crazy part. When he's running those routes, he needs to be targeted. He needs to be hyper-targeted because he's extremely talented. He needs to be like the number one target guy on this team on a week-to-week basis, period, if you all want to win consistently.
2: In a in a dynasty, what are you guys giving up for Kyle Pitts right now?
0: I mean, right now you can probably buy him low. You can probably buy him low with – We've seen in ours uh, Antonio Gibson and Cordero, Pat. Cordero Patterson got From. traded for him. And Cordero Patterson, in my opinion, has next to zero value for you know, a, a dynasty, really. if I could see it as maybe a depth piece to put you over the top or something if he continues, maybe good matchup play. But I don't look for him to have a good year. The man's like 32 years old, and I, I don't love it. Go go and get your Kyle Pitts's now. He's not gonna he's not gonna play like this all season.
2: Wayne, what are you giving up for Kyle Pitts?
1: Um, see that that's hard for me because he he's a buy low right now, but I don't think uh, Dynasty people need to panic. Like I said, when I was when I went on my tangent, I think it's a playmaking and a coaching issue which is a lot easier to correct than just, I'm sorry, it's not necessarily easier to correct, but it's, it can be corrected. It's not like a lack of talent or, or a lack of being able to stay healthy. You know, play calling is a lot easier to correct than a torn Achilles. You know what I mean? So right. I, I think, I think Kyle Pitts dynasty owners, Absolutely. I think y'all are going to be fine. I, I still value him as, as, uh, the top dynasty tight end. Um, I I wouldn't pay that for him now because I know I don't have to after two abysmal weeks. But but that's kind of still where I value him at. If I if I had Kyle Pitts on my team, I still I would want the value of the, the number one dynasty tight end.
2: He'll be the number one till Brock Bowers out uh, of Georgia comes out. All nice right, go, I will I will pass it over, brother.
0: All right, so Goni's Grab segment here. Going back to our waiver rankings that we had last week, just a couple of the guys we had you pick up, or recommended rather. Jeff Wilson, double-digit points this week, 15 carries, did pretty well. Curtis Stuhl, 22 points this week. Josh Palmer got you double digits. We, we mentioned Gerald Everett, super deep guy, got clowned for at the beginning of the season. My man showed up, he scored, he looked pretty good. And Jordan Mason recommended as a deep stash last week just because of the injury as well and what we know as the 49ers' backfield. So, going here into week two, first guy up on the list for me, Jordan Mason. Again, he's rostered in only 5% of leagues in redraft. And I say this because on Monday, Tyrion Davis-Price suffered a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss four to six weeks, and that's going to set Mason up as the number two running back. He's going to get carries out of the backfield, and now he's only one niner injury away from being the starter. We know how running backs get down in San Francisco. They're in, they're out. It's a revolving door. This is a Shanahan offense. They love to run the ball, and it's just if you have the opportunity to pick up this guy on the super cheap, it's... I mean, you could have a starting running back on your hands as soon as next week. I mean, it, it's just possible. So that's a guy I'd absolutely take a shot at if you're looking for just any kind of depth. He 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 could be a big play for the season. Next up, I'm looking at Jared Goff, who's rostered in 23% of leagues. As a potential streaming option next week, he's going against Minnesota. I say this because Jalen Hurts tonight, well, Monday night rather, threw for over 300 yards against the Vikings. Jalen Hurts doesn't throw for over 300 yards. He just doesn't do it. He he gets it done with the legs. He gets it done some with the arm. 200-ish is usually about his ceiling. And he absolutely crushed the Vikings. I say ride the hot hands. He's coming off a four-touchdown game jared goff is it's a divisional shootout the defense is bad the detroit lions defense is averaging 32 and a half points given up so i i like it i think it's going to be a monster shootout could be hitting the over whenever we get to see the over under from vegas which we all know is aliens and i like jared goff this week another one coming up tyler higby this one He may not be out there. He's available in only 33% of leagues. Check for him. You never know. He might be there. He might not be there. He has 20 targets over the last two games. Love to see it. It's Cooper Cup, and then it's Tyler Higby repeatedly. Allen Robinson snagged a tutty this week. He would have had another, but it got called back. And Tyler Higby just is the preferred second option for Matt Stafford. It's a high-flying offense. And they have Arizona next week, who's traditionally terrible against tight ends.
1: Tyler Higbee's been targeted very close to pay dirt uh, in every game. So, so you're right. I mean, he's he's even he's come close. If he can start turning some of those receptions that are ending two, three yards from the end zone into a touchdown, uh, you're looking at possibly a top five tight end by the end of the year. Which I'm gonna wait till the end of the year but if if goni i i will i will go back and find exactly where he said gerald everett as a late round after not even late round an after draft pickup and we all made fun of him i'll personally take my time to find that clip and i'll post it um i'll post it in in the end of the season review just so he can get his his attaboys for that one
0: yeah. Yes, sir.
2: Just to follow on to that, I think Tyler Higby is going to be this year's Dalton Schultz.
0: It's very possible if if he keeps getting targets like this and that kind of offense, the sky's the limit for that man. And and like Wayne said, touchdowns are going to come. Touchdowns are absolutely going to come. So He's close. Turn some dude. Of these, so close. Yeah, these one, two, three yard line, you know, fall downs into touchdowns. You're going to see some top five tight end days. Next up, we're going back to the well on Gerald Everett. He's rostered in only 57% of leagues. Or Gerald Everett. Plays in the Chargers offense. About. Yeah. Yeah. He's currently the tight end four right now. Currently the tight end four. He He's doing great. Plays in a great offense. I know Keenan Allen was out last week, so we saw an uptick in targets. But as long as Justin Herbert's healthy, we know he has that fractured rib cartilage going on right now.
1: What does that even mean? So,
0: Cra- cracks in your cartilage
1: I didn't know you could fracture cartilage yeah, That he- was
0: the diagnosis Yeah, I, I don't know I don't know what that means, I'm not a doctor But uh, with my Amateur doctor degree I would say it's bad yeah. But he played last week, he finished He gutted it out The
2: next time you rip a gummy bear in half, you fractured it
0: Boom Actually, it would be broken, wouldn't it? Fracture's just a crack Okay, fair enough
1: uh, uh. Isn't your nose just cartilage? It is. And you can break yeah. your nose. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Pro- prove myself wrong. Boom. And the last I, one. Hang on a what second.
2: Is it? I feel like you've got a bone in your nose. Your septum, right? That's a bone?
0: No. No? I think that's Would cartilage, you like a doink on it. Can I get a doink on it?
1: Because your it's bones, because car- don't your bones like last? When have you ever no, seen a skull with, with a protruding Protruding nose bone,
0: that's true. There's a there's a skull hole where your nose is. There.
1: Whenever you see a skull, cartilage there. deteriorates, bone, I guess, eventually deteriorate. But you know what? Forever, you continue it, going uh, after your next after your next grab. Let's take a pause, and I'll I'll inform the people what Google told me.
0: That's fine. I've got one more left, and it might be a little. Home cooking, a little favoritism on this one, but the man shows out. Jacoby Myers, he's only being rostered in 35% of leagues right now. He's currently the wide receiver 21 through two games. He's reemerged as Mac Jones' favorite target. He's coming off a 9 for 95-yard on 13 target game, and he's got a favorable schedule coming up in five of the next six. He faces Baltimore, Green Bay, Detroit, Cleveland, Bears, and the Jets. Devontae Parker's not the answer. I don't know why the Patriots ever decided he might be the answer, but Jacoby Myers is a PPR machine. He just hates to score.
2: Dude, Devontae Parker cost them one one piece of fruit strike gum and a little bit of pocket lint.
0: And they thought, this guy's got it. This guy is the it factor. (laughs) Let's go get him. So, I mean, really, if you, if you ever need a solid floor of, like, 12 points, Jacoby Myers is your guy. Honestly, it doesn't get more consistent than Jacoby Myers.
2: totally agree. Wayne, The people want to know how many bones are in your nose?
1: Your, the bridge of your nose, the bridge, is a bone. I but, knew it. But, but where the nostrils are, like the bulk of your nose, the protrusion of your nose is all cartilage. Mm. So what's, you know. what's separating your nostrils, which you said was the uh, septum, is cartilage. Fair enough. Get bodied. way hey, to try way to try and like make that a win for you.
2: So <laughs> there was a bone in your nose. Play it back. I'm right.
1: Wrong. All right. Victory. Stupid. Those All were right. Goni's grabs. That's it, Mad Bob. That's how we're gonna do these weekly reviews from here on out. Uh, keep it short and sweet on the game-to-game review, and then we're just gonna start shining spotlights on on the good guys, on the bad guys, and on the unknown guys that could be good guys,
0: mm. or could be bad guys. But I'm trying to steer you in the
1: right direction with the good guys. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna talk like that. We, we have faith in your waiver wire, go. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, We will be back. we are. Huh?
0: Continue. Go ahead.
1: I just, I wish, I wish a lot of people every now and then would just like pop into YouTube just to see. Cause I know, I know if somebody's like not watching on YouTube and they just see like a weird, they not see, they just, there's just like a weird silence of the podcast and they're probably like, just like, what are they doing? And we're just, we're giving each other stupid looks. That's what we're doing. So whenever if you're just an exclusive listener and you never go to YouTube just visualize three three fellows just giving each other stupid looks filling in said silence or it's me really pondering an answer because apparently I do a lot of long silences while I try and mull over all possibilities uh, of a question all outcomes patented trademarked Wayne pause
2: and th- a full a full body 30 second pause
1: it gives no. you It gives you the best answer I can possibly uh, bring out. Yeah, Mad it also makes you think the episode's over mid-episode. <laughs> it does. It's, a,
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's incredible.
0: I guess we'll never know the answer to this question.
1: Maybe next time. In <laughs> a Mad it's, Fantasy Football podcast. It's like we a drawn-out family guy joke.
2: Yeah, dude. We think you're frozen every time you're mid-answer.
1: Oh, man. And then I hit you with some fire. You're welcome. Sure. I have the people on the edge of their seats.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they're there for a while.
1: Probably just ready to just get up and walk away. That's why they're on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, Mad Mob. This is uh, the end of the week to review. Uh, We Mm -hmm. will have our uh, 1 o'clock game preview releasing Thursday, bright and early, where Mm -hmm. we will also cover the ct how the ctfl went this week the crappy team fantasy league where we drafted um our rosters out of these six uh worst teams based on super bowl odds we will update you on that it was a, it was a good one I, I can't wait i can't wait to cover all the stuff of our week two preview it's just a good time uh outside of that boys anything any closing thoughts anything to add
0: Go get you guys on the waiver wires, boys. Give the ball to Hollywood Brown, Kyler, please. (laughs) Pick up Jordan Mason. Just do it. Just in case. Please do it. Just do it.
1: Oh, Wayne's winners for MVP. (laughs) No.